Welcome to the Jeremy Mullins Podcast. I am Jeremy, your host, and today, as most times, I have my co-host here, Mr. Jeffrey Reno. What's going on, brother? I still, it's hard for me to say Jeffrey, right? So I know. Um, we touched on a little <laughs> bit. Reno's so, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I may just change, get rid of Jeffrey and go with Reno. So, you know, I, 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 we did touch on a little bit, but both, uh, both Reno and I are, you know, in the National Guard and, and serve at the Kentucky you know, National Guard, we got to know each other in our H2F program, actually doing podcasts, right? And and doing some filming, some material, education material for that program. Um, so it's, it's sometimes tough, especially in, in when you know some that way to use uh, first names. Um, so may just change it to here with yeah. host Reno moving forward. That's right. That's easy. Let's do it. Awesome. Today's topic is going to be all things protein. Um, probably one of my favorite subjects. Um, and I, and I think definitely has changed over my career, you know, from being in college to what we're seeing now, you know, with the data, the research and what a lot of health, you know, agencies and, and, you know, some of the strength and conditioning coaches are recommending. Um, but still, I think there's a, a lot of confusion out there on the recommended amount, right? You know, if we just pulled up the internet and started looking at, Okay, what does it say out there about protein? Most of the time you're seeing, oh, Americans are getting enough protein. And I would argue that we're not, right? I mean, when I start working with individuals and I start looking at food logs, especially without doing education, and what I mean by that, so if I just start someone, you know, and say, hey, track for a couple of weeks, let's see where you're landing at with your macros, most people are low. Right. And that's just the, the reality of it. Okay, And I think where some of that confusion comes in is the definition of high and low is different depending on what agency we're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, for you, Reno, like, you know, you go back three years ago before you got into working, you know, with us or or knowing me, right. Like, you know, you would say, well, I was getting enough protein. Right. Oh, I would say that every day. And I was 50, 60, 70 grams short. 50 grams, right? Which is is not enough, right? So here's where that confusion comes from. You know, if you look at it, okay, yes, I'm a registered dietitian, you know, that is governed by the American Dietetic Association. And a lot of the recommendations that we look at inside of, you know, the ADA has or the re- recommended dietary intake is based on preventing malnutrition, not just, not optimal performance, not fat loss, right? Not living a healthy lifestyle, it is based on preventing malnutrition. So when we look at the recommendation, you know, from, you know, recommended dietary intake, it's 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram, which is around what you said that you were getting. You know, most adults, I would say that's going to be somewhere between 50 and 75 grams a day. And the reality is, is that is just not enough protein for optimal performance for individuals that are doing strength training for individuals that are working out individuals that have, you know, a stressful life. Right. And I would argue that we all have stress to a certain degree, whether that's stress from work, stress from family, stress from workouts, there's stress involved. Okay. Then you throw into a lot of people in the nutrition world specifically, right? We need to be on reduced calorie diets because as a society, you know, we are overweight. So a lot of people that are going for nutritional help and nutritional education are going on reduced calorie diets because they need to lose weight. Well, the need for protein goes up in a reduced calorie diet. So that's where I see a lot of mistakes being made based on the education, based on the recommendations on that 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram. Okay. My professional opinion, it is not enough, right? It is not enough. Now it could be maybe enough if someone was in the ICU, but then like just sitting in the ICU doing nothing. But I argue then 
if someone's in the ICU or, you know, they're in there for a medical reason, right? They're yeah. in there because of injury or they're sick or there's something going on. And all those things would increase the need for protein. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever you answer this, like you've never heard my, my talk and my lectures, but for most people out there, when we talk about protein intake, why do people think that we need protein inside the diet? I wouldn't even, if I didn't watch your briefs, I probably wouldn't even have a good answer. I mean, yeah, grow big muscles, but other than just like, I enjoy meat, I feel like would be a standard answer. Like I just enjoy those proteins. So proteins. they wouldn't know. Yeah. But most people, like you said, they, they, they think it's just a muscle thing, right? Just a muscle thing. And, and we see this all the time, right? Unfortunately, sometimes in females are like, well, I don't want to lift because I'll get bulky, right? I don't want to consume protein because I get bulky. No. Yes. Protein is needed for muscle tissue. It is needed for optimal recovery from your strength and conditioning programs, from your cardio-based workouts. It's needed. Protein's needed to recover muscle, 100%. Protein's also needed for all other tissues in the body, hair, nails, skin, lining of your intestinal tract, lining of your stomach, enzymes, hormones, your immune function. Protein is needed for all those things. So what happens is if we don't consume enough protein, the body is going to take care basically on a hierarchy of needs. Hey, I need to replenish the lining in my stomach. I need to make enzymes. I need to make, you know, hormones. I need to keep my immune function up. It doesn't care about muscle tissue, right? But muscle tissue is such an important, you know, organ on the body and, and, and you know, for long-term health and movement that we should take care of it, right? So mm-hmm. what I like to recommend for people to start out at is protein at one gram of protein per target body weight, Okay. The reason I use target body weight is we work with a lot of individuals that need to lose weight. So if someone's 300 pounds that needs to weigh 200, they don't need to consume 300 grams. They need to start at 200 grams because that's their ideal body weight. So a lot of people may read in magazines that, you know, the recommendation of protein is one gram of protein per, you know, body weight. That's assuming that those individuals are already at goal weight or are already lean, right? They got a low body fat versus I like to make the recommendation of one gram of protein per target body weight as a starting point, okay? That doesn't mean that we won't change that along someone's journey based on results. Like we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, I'm big on having someone track, you know, input versus output, input being their macros, inputting how how much sleep they're getting, input is the workouts, you know, inputs how much stress they have, and then output is the results, okay? So I'm not saying that we won't increase that number. We won't decrease that number, but the one gram of protein per target body weight is a starting point that I recommend to everyone start out at. I noticed I feel better too after I did the eight week challenge and by week three, it was like, if I wasn't hitting anywhere close, like my mind was like 180. If I wasn't hitting 160, I like, I knew it. Yeah, My, my I mean, body was craving it. And a lot of people will be like, oh, protein gives you energy, right? Yes and no. Okay. What I mean by that, when I think of the energy, like we talked about in the last podcast, energy is skeletal movement, right? So we're speaking exercise, calories and energy moves our body, skeletal movement. We look at the Krebs cycle and how the body works on energy systems. It's actually protein um, that we don't use. It's the carbs and the fats. So carbs and fats are where we produce energy, right? That's where we break it down, produce ATP in the body. And we can actually do skeletal activity, right? We use carbohydrate and fats for fuels versus protein is more the building block. Okay. So with protein going back and what I always, always tell people is my elevators fill. If you want to have success and you want to keep it as simple as possible, right? I love the saying simple as sexy, hit your protein goal for the day and hit your calorie goal. 
right? If you do those two things, you will have success within your nutrition program. That is how important hitting your protein is. You know, and a lot of other, you know, sayings that people talk about, like, okay, calories dictate whether you lose weight on the scale. Protein intake will dictate whether you're losing muscle or you're losing body fat. So making sure that you're consuming this amount of protein is going to preserve our muscle tissue as we're losing body fat. And that is the goal, right? When we say weight loss, it should be fat loss. We want to lose fat. We don't want to lose muscle tissue. So it's imperative that we hit the one gram of protein per target body weight to make sure that we're maintaining our muscle tissue, to make sure that we're maintaining all the structural tissue that we talked about that protein is important for immune function, you know, uh, hormonal function, all that stuff. And like you said, you just feel better, right? You know, and it is also one of those things when we look at protein and we'll dive into maybe a, a deeper level into it of how we can use protein to actually help you burn more calories throughout the day. Because remember, you know, we talked about this last podcast, that thermic effect of protein, you know, so every 200 calories you consume uh, from protein, your body's going to burn about an extra 60 calories a day. You know, so if someone goes, you know, for example, and they're eating 200 grams of protein and they bump it to 250 grams, they'll burn an extra 60 calories a day just through that change inside of their diet. Um, Would you say that um, you see more injuries occur when someone has like a lower protein diet within the gym or sports or whatever? hundred percent. You know, we're looking at it from, you know, inside of um, soldiers that you and I work with inside our H2F program, or if we look at a lot of our athletes um, or we can even say aging individuals, right. You know, I would say on, you know, I don't have a percentage on it, but yeah, you can see a trend that injuries are more likely, especially muscle, muscle, muscle skeletal. There we go. I'll get that big word out injuries are going to be higher, right? Because the, 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 the priority is not there, right? Because, you know, on a hierarchy of needs, once again, like for me to rebuild my muscle tissue is not necessarily as high priority as the body taking care of other things, right? So for optimal performance, yes, the protein is going to be there, right? And that's where we see, you know, what that question comes to mind, especially as I've had a lot of endurance athletes over the years that I've worked with, right? So in our endurance athletes, you know, they really primarily focused in on fueling their self, you know, with carbohydrate. And it's not that they don't need carbs to fuel their activity, right? 100% mm-hmm. of those, you know, and we'll dive into this later on, like, you know, some cool data is coming out, like you can consume up to 90 grams of carbs per hour in like running or cycling, as long as you're using different carbohydrates. So if like you mix in fructose, you know, with um, glucose, you can actually absorb more carbohydrate because you're using different uh, receptor sites, different um, enzymes, kind of cool stuff. Uh, But if you're using like one sugar, it's more 40 to 60. Sorry, soapbox. But my my point to that being like those endurance athletes, they feel better, they recover and their performance goes up when I increase their protein in the diet. Right. So, yeah, like we do see that, you know, from a recovery aspect of individuals that aren't consuming enough protein. I have a question or you can go into your kind of your next topic. Uh, go ahead and go questions. Uh, so um, is there is there a limit to the protein? So they might be hitting too much or someone brings up like, hey, you might be eating too much protein. Yeah. So there's two myths, for lack of better terms, that I think that we see with that. Right. Um, the first one being like, hey, Jeremy. I've heard and read that the body can only consume 40 grams of protein at a time or the body, sorry, can digest 40 grams of protein at a time. So let me state that again and get it correct. Hey, Jeremy, I've heard that the body can only break down 40 grams of protein at a time. And my argument to that is 
that is roughly about a seven ounce chicken breast. So I always ask people like, have you consumed more than six ounces of, you know, a meat before? And most people have, right? And I'm like, did you defecate out undigested protein? And the answer is no, right? So that means the body can break down, absorb, and utilize more than 40 grams of protein. That kind of comes in to something that we, we call muscle protein synthesis. This is where we consume for most people around 30 to 50 grams of protein, right? Depending on the type of protein, depending on how big the person is, there's some factors that go into this, but 30 to 50 grams of protein per day will maximize, I'm sorry, per meal will maximize protein synthesis. Okay. This is the state that the muscle wants to recover, wants to grow, right? This is a good thing. And what happens is if you eat 60 grams of protein, 70 grams, it doesn't mean that you won't digest it and break it down. You just don't stimulate that muscle protein synthesis any higher, right? And depending on what the person's goal is, that doesn't matter as much, right? You know, if your goal was to gain muscle tissue, then yes, it matters. I might say, hey, you know, Reno, your ultimate goal is to gain muscle tissue. I need to make sure that you're consuming, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein spread out evenly through the day based on your protein numbers, right? Versus me, when I'm trying to lose body fat, I don't worry about, I worry about just hitting my protein for the day because I've got a good amount of muscle tissue. I'm not worried about gaining muscle tissue. I just want to maintain it. And as long as I hit my protein for the day, I will maintain it. And so that kind of um, goes into that recomping category uh, pretty neatly. Yeah. So, you know, I I like, uh, I teach a hierarchy of protein and and what that is, is, you know, first and foremost, you know, if you're new, let's focus on hitting your protein goal for the day. Like that's the most important thing, right? You know, you can talk about timing of protein. You can talk about, you know, consuming a whey protein isolate in the post-workout setting. You can talk about, you know, having a protein shake before bed. We can talk about all this stuff. My number one goal is to make sure you're hitting your protein goal for the day right? That would be my number one goal, right? And once you start hitting your protein goal for the day, right? Then I slide into, okay, we need to look at adding a whey protein isolate in the post-workout setting. Why? When we train, we break the muscle tissue down. I want to give it the nutrients that it is desiring to recover faster. And this is the only time that I say a shake trumps real food, right? Um, so doing, you know, something like first form has uh, a formula one, which is our whey protein isolate, right? Consuming formula one with some carbohydrates in the post-workout setting, you know, can optimize recovery, right? And it's not saying, I'm not a true believer in saying, well, you're wasting your workout if you don't do it. No, because going back to hierarchy one of the day, as long as you're hitting your protein needs for the day, as long as you hit your carbohydrates for the need for the day, you will recover from your workouts. But if we're saying optimizing, then I would, I'm still in, Hey, we should probably do some glucose and some whey isolate in the post-workout setting. Right? So that's kind of my second hierarchy of protein. Get your protein needs for the day. Then add in a post-workout whey isolate. Third on that would be the timing, right? Starting the day with 30 to 50 grams of protein at breakfast, right? So making sure that we're hitting, you know, that good range of 30 to 50 grams, uh, 50 grams at breakfast, and then making sure they have good 30 to 50 grams of protein at the end of the day too. So kind of bookending, ending the day. And that kind of takes away the middle too. You're kind of spreading the protein out throughout the day, right? And if you mm-hmm. think about that, what I'm trying to do there is when we fast, right? We go to bed get up the next day and have breakfast, that's we're fasting. So if I book in that protein, I make sure that my body, you know, is getting that muscle protein synthesis at those two points. Okay. Um, and that kind of ties in the lot, ties in the timing and the protein at night in there. So that's kind of my protein hierarchy that I teach to individuals, you know, from that standpoint. Okay. Um, and, and do I stress about that in the beginning with a new person? No. 
my ultimate goal is that they're hitting their protein day in and day out, right? Then I start getting into the nitty gritty of the timing, how much at certain times based on what their specific goal is. Um, when people come to you, like uh, I've always heard uh, when I finish my workout, I need to consume my shakes or some type of protein within 30 minutes to an hour and a half after the workout. Is there that, is there actually a window or are you? Yeah, but the window is a lot bigger than what, you know, I guess we, we've been taught or heard over the years, like, okay, within an hour. Right. So when we exercise, you know, especially lifting weights, doing resistant exercise, the muscle cells do change their sensitivity to insulin, right? You know, we have some receptors on our, our muscle cells that become more sensitive. And what it is, that kind of peaks and then starts returning back to baseline, right? You know, so I think the hours, you know, what were happening there is it's starting to return back to baseline. But what, you know, the data is, is like it actually remains open. That sensitivity change on the receptor site can last 24 hours post-exercise, Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Okay. As long as we get our macros for the day, we're going to recover. But where that really comes into play, though, is when people really care about performance, right? And maybe they're doing two a day workouts, right? Or they do a workout in the evening and then they're going to hit a hard workout in the morning. That's where I come in and say, okay, it's not going to hurt us to do that simple carbohydrate and that protein in the post workout setting, right? It's not going to hurt us. Whether, you know, we want to get dive in and, and have these arguments on what the research says, like, it's not going to hurt someone. And that's one of my things as a coach, I always take in, into consideration, right? Are my recommend, do no harm first, right? And that's where I am cool with people want to do it, right? Or if they want to do real food post-workout, I'm cool with that too, right? But my ultimate goal is, hey, I need you to hit the protein, your protein, your calories for the day. Those are um, un, or, I'm sorry, non-negotiables, right? Post-workout can be a, a negotiable. Someone just doesn't want to do it. But what I generally have people do is, hey, I do recommend this. Give it a shot. Let me know if you feel better. If you feel better, let's keep it in there, right? Um, and the other reality is, you know, with the higher numbers, someone doing like two scoops of Formula One in the post-workout setting, it helps them hit their goal for the day, right? And post-workout, especially when you go hard, your body temperature's up, appetite's down, you don't want to eat. So it's a lot easier to do that shake. It digests faster. So you're going to get those nutrients to the muscle cell faster. Uh, doing those two scoop, scoops actually changed <clears throat> everything afterwards because I was always like it get to six seven p.m. and I still have eighty grams of protein left. Yeah, I mean, sixty. Man, when you started doing that consistently, you had no problem hitting your numbers, right? And that was the cool thing to see, you know. But, but yeah, especially and, and we don't have time in this one, yeah, because I want to stick on protein. But that's where I talk about like so many people sometimes get into absolutes, and I'm not I'm not a coach that's going to get into absolutes, right? Do I recommend you know? Um, for example, our product ignition formula one post-workout setting, heck yes, right? Because I see personally, I feel better when I do it. I've seen good results. I see good results in my clients, but I also have people who have good results that don't do it. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh that that kind of touches everything on uh on protein on my side. Awesome. Well, guys, just to recap, you know, this first session on, on protein, um, we have a, another protein um, podcast that we will drop, you know, here in a month or so. We'll go into more detail on some of the uh, research that's out there, talk about some position papers, you know, how much can we consume? What does the data say um, and how we can fine tune it? OK, but remember, protein hierarchy, hit your goal protein for the day. For most people starting out, that is one gram of protein per target body weight. If you're over that. I'm okay with that, right? You can go a little bit higher, you know, but starting out, that is a great position for a lot of my clients that are probably listening to this that's worked with me before your numbers are pretty high, are higher. That's okay. 
Um, and then, you know, from that, you know, spread your meals out, make sure that for breakfast, you know, 30, 50 grams, make sure at night, 30, 50 grams, the last meal of the day, those are two ways you can do the, the nutrient timing with protein. And then, like I said, I would love to see that, you know, whey protein isolate in the post-workout setting, um, you know, kind of recapping that. Okay. And then for the last two podcasts, make it simple on yourself, guys, protein and calories. Those are the two most important things that you need inside of your diet to have success hit your protein and go higher, be at your calories or a touch lower, and you will drop body fat and maintain that muscle tissue. Appreciate you guys and gals. You know, once again, guys, if you do have any questions or topics that you'd like to know from us, um, shoot us an email. We'll be more than happy to put them on there. And do me a favor, refer this podcast to a friend. Um, this is the start of the year. You know, if someone wants to work with me, they just need to download the First Form app. And once they download the First Form app, they can add me as their advisor via the email, Jeremy at firstform.com. And that will give them me as an advisor slash coach inside of that platform. Hope you guys have a great day. See you guys.